tune in to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Join America's leading relationship expert, top holistic life coach, and best-selling author, Dr. D. Yvonne Young, along with a diverse team of regular commentators, experts, and celebrity guests. Be entertained while being informed on the issues that affect you most. Don't miss it. Dr. D. Yvonne Young, providing you the tools you need to start living a profoundly extraordinary life. June the 1st, 2014. Hope you had a great weekend. If you haven't, it's not over yet. Got some good stuff for you tonight. We've had a conversation that has evolved over the last few weeks. We've been talking about relationships and the good, the bad, and the ugly. So tonight we are going to really go knee-deep into that subject. Many of you are listening to this program trying to figure out what the hell am I going to do about this thing that used to make me smile. You remember you get the text message, all of a sudden you had butterflies in your stomach. Now you see that person's name on your phone and you feel as if worms or snakes are crawling around inside of you. You wondered, is this the time to hold on or to let go? When you started looking so forward to coming home because someone was there, someone you couldn't wait to walk in the door and jump in the shower, strip down because your lover was in the room. Now you pull up in your driveway and you sit there for about 15 to 20 to 30 minutes wondering, should I even go in the house? Isn't it crazy how love works? The worst thing than being in love with the wrong person is realizing that it's not the right person. When you get to that place, you ask yourself, over and over, what should I do next? Is this the season in which I jettison my current course, or is the time is this the time that I stay right where I am and keep doing what I'm doing? Well, I'm going to tell you before we get started tonight, uh, I've got a special guest that will be joining me probably about uh, one-third into the program. Also, I'm going to make you very comfortable. This program is going to exceed its typical one-hour time because the subject matter merits it, and Blog Talk Radio has already pre-approved that. So I'm going to give a shout-out to Blog Talk Radio. Thank you guys for making us a preacher program. We love you. And I want to say thank you to all, all of you fans all around the world and the United Kingdom and Barbados, South America, Australia, Auckland, I didn't believe Auckland, Kazakhstan, even the Middle East, and especially you here in the homeland of the United States. Well, without further ado, a couple of things I want you to know is we are going to really monitor the chat room tonight. So if you want to ask some questions, feel free to utilize that as a medium. We will have someone watching that venue in case you do not want your voice on the air. I know when millions of people are listening, it is kind of difficult to be discreet. Second thing is now if you need to call or text someone and tell them, I need you to get on the line because this show is going to be off the chain, you're probably right. Um, Not only is this going to be something that will probably save your time and your heartache, but it will more than likely save you a great deal of frustration, especially if you are somebody that is considering, is this the time to put that ring on? Is this the time that I need to make the decision 
to go ahead and move this relationship forward. If you are thinking such a thing, I would dare to suggest to you, you might want to take some notes tonight. We are going to provide the material for you to make the decision whether it's time to hold them or fold them. So without further ado, let's get into this thing. You know, relationships are complicated at best. When you first met, you thought that the two of you had been touched by the same angel or the same star that Cupid's arrow traversed both your flesh. Then something happened. Love began to stumble, then crumble. Now you find yourself making excuses for this individual rather than bragging about him. Then there was the tension. All of a sudden, that tension got a little bit worse. Then you reasoned with yourself over and over again that, you know what, maybe I am just better off being alone. Well, let me tell you, it's not an uncommon fact. In the United States Census reported in 2011 that the latest figures compiled in uh, 2009 that 83% of currently married couples had made it to their fifth anniversary with about 55% of these people being married probably 15 years. But here's where the numbers got deceiving. If you look closely at them, half of these people were separated, and they did not figure into those stats. There were no figures for what I'm going to call the living dead or the undivorced, that is, those that no longer wish to stay married or but for various reasons and oftentimes financial reasons or children, they just stayed together for what I call for less than a good reason. That's not including those who weren't legally married that were cohabitating, uh, to use an old term, shacking up. They decided, you know what, we got a house, cars in her name, his name, can't leave. Well, here's the thing. If you right now are in a place where you are asking yourself a question such as this one over and over again. Is this the one? Is this the one and only? And if your answer is, I'm not sure. In fact, you may be sure, but you're, you're afraid to be alone, right? You're, and when I say you may be sure, you may be sure that this is not the only one, you know, or, or the one, and you, you just, you don't even want to admit it. But you have to take the time to think, huh, is this the person the one or just the one for right now? Hmm, something to think about, isn't it? If he or she is the one for right now, then I want you to think about some things about how are you going to proceed. Because if you don't handle this right, here's what's going to happen. You're going to end up sitting somewhere with that person staring at you with a glare in their eye. You're going to be sleeping with one eye open, just like the movie said, you will be sleeping with the, in, with the enemy. With that stated, I want you to get a pen and paper. If you don't already have it, go grab one. If you have small children present, get them out the room. This is a show that is definitely not for your kids to listen to. And if your friends are present, ignore them and pay attention to you right now. Everybody's been influencing your decisions probably the wrong way. Misery always loves company. Tonight, it's time to put your big girl panties on, or if you're a man, pull up your pants. Let's talk about some serious matters. Let's write down some things, and we're going to get deep. Do you have your pen and paper? 
Okay, if you do, here's what the first thing I want you to do. Before you say it's over, before you start uh, doing the dance to push yourself and someone else over the edge of the cliff, I want you to take a week before you say it's over. Now, let first, let's go here. I wrote a best-selling book called Break Up, Don't Break, Break Down. And if you order it, go to my website. Do not buy it from Barnes & Noble, Amazon. Go to drdvonyoung.com and get the book. It will help you through this if at the end of this program you realize that uh, it's time to make some future, uh, some current decisions about your future. First thing I want you to do, I want you to write down the pros and cons of your relationship. All right? We don't need to make a list that goes beyond 10 things. And if you start writing this list and you got 10 negative things and three positive ones, I don't think you need Einstein to figure out that that weighted average is definitely not going in your favor. However, let's say you do come up with 10 positive qualities but only one negative one, and that negative one includes something like addiction, abuse, alcoholism, betrayal, infidelity, or someone's giving you an STD. First, I'm going to ask you, have you lost your damn mind? Stop and think about it. That's when the weighted average definitely swings the pendulum. The one outweighs the nine. I'm going to repeat this list again. If it includes something like severe addiction, abuse, verbal or physical, betrayal, even belief systems such as someone not respecting your faith-based belief systems, and I'm not going to say having a different opinion, I said not respecting them, and get your damn family out of this. Your family is the last group of people that has, should have weight in your relationship. As a matter of fact, I'm going to take it a step further. If you are older than 20 years old and mommy and daddy is involved in whether you make the decision to stay in your relationship or not, something is wrong with you. You are immature and you need to grow up. If your friends are influencing your relationship, that's really sad. Now, again, let me give an exception to that rule. If somebody's slapping you upside your head, you might want to listen to them. But anything short of that, or they're drug addicted and smoking crack and marijuana and whatever else they're doing, well, you might want to listen to them still. Next thing, after you write these 10 positive qualities, 10 negative qualities, if you even get to 10, I want you to write out that the five qualities about the other person that help you to fall in love with them. And is it still there? Was it kindness, empathy? They listened to you. They were sincere, transparent, honest, generous in spirit. Now, if you can do that, just write that out. You with me? I'm going to repeat this again if you just joined the program. The first thing that I said is don't jump up and do anything. I want you to write up the pros and cons of that relationship. What's good about it, what's bad about it. Don't go any deeper than 10 pros, 10 cons. Then I want you to make a list of qualities that someone has, positive and negative, 
because we're going to stop thinking with your emotional brain. That's what's got you jacked up in the head right now. We're going to make this thing logical. Now, if you list, let's say you list 10 positive things and one negative, but that one negative thing is they disappear on your butt for three or four days at a time. If that one negative thing is they are addicted to a substance, they are physically abusive, they are verbally abusive, that one negative now becomes weighted and it cancels out those positive things. And I'm saying that because some of us are stuck on stupid, and if that's you, you know who you are. If someone is picking you up late from work in your car, you have lost your mind, all right? If someone is living under a roof that you are paying for and spending your money while they mistreat you and talk to you crazy in front of your children, you have lost your mind. That means that more than likely you know this person isn't right for you, and your real issue is why are you afraid to be alone? Now, let's go to this. I want you to review your list. And after you review that list, ask yourself and be honest, from what I'm looking at right now, can I find happiness again or is it time to say goodbye? I'm going to repeat it. From what you are looking at right now, can you find happiness again or is it time to say goodbye? Now, be rational. Now, let's start from a positive position. Let's say that you have come to your senses and you realize, you know what, enough of this. I can't deal with this anymore. That's it. You know, time to punch the time clock. Like on Fred Flintstone, let's pull the bird's tail and hear him crow and I'm out of here. But it's not that simple, is it? Now, I want you to rationally write this down, folks. Don't do this in your head. But you can always listen to the archive of the show in case you miss any of this. If I were the other person, what words would I want to hear? Now, here's what you got to do. you got to start from a positive direction. And I want you to think of two or three times that you shared together recently or in the past. Just two or three. And just be honest when you get ready to talk to them and say, you know, something is not working between us. You don't have to go deep. You don't need to uh, belittle them, be condescending. But something is not working between us. I mean, you know, I think it's time. I need to move on. And when you say this to someone, don't be a jerk, ladies, gentlemen. Calmly allow this other person to speak. Do Try not to get angry. Try not to... Uh, say something stupid, because you may, uh, if you're a woman, get the hell slapped out of you. If you're a man, you may get your tires split or your head popped open with a skillet. You remember Al Green, right? She served him some grits, but he did not get them with a fork, right? So you must understand that this may be painful for another person because they've gotten used to you allowing them to walk all over them. Now that you've acknowledged that you can't take it anymore, they probably will be a little pissed. Next thing, when you say those words, consider your decision carefully and be firm that when you talk to this person, I'm not telling you this so that you will change and do things differently. I'm telling you this because it's just the end of the road for us. Now, here's what's more than likely going to happen. 
the other person is going to ask you, hey, can we give it another try? Can we go to counseling together? If they haven't ever said that before, giving another try is something that is very dependent upon conditions. So first, here's what I want you to ask yourself, and, and this is really for you people that can't be alone with some by yourself. You just don't know how to let go of someone. Your silly butt is probably going to be, well, I don't know, you love me. Look, boo, here's what you need to do. First, how many times has this person promise to make things right? And how many times have you already been separated or broken up? If it is more than three, smell the manure. It is not coffee brewing. It's that word that starts with the S and ends with the T that usually has bull in front of it. It's not working. However, if this is the first time that you've done this, and you think this relationship could be salvaged, counseling may be a good idea, and that's when you pick up the phone and you call me or you go to my website and you say, look, Dr. D, you know, I want to go to counseling. We want to get counseling. And here's the thing. Ladies, if the man loves you, he is going to put his money where his mouth is. Think about it. Men buy tickets to playoff games. Men do all of this stuff with their money. They go buy a car that's a piece of crap, remodel it. Uh, they go buy boots, they go buy you, you name it. When you see that, he will invest in you the way he invests in the other things he loves. Dear, that is a sign that you may be a priority. However, if he is not willing, and I'm going to tell you, you get what you pay for in a counselor. So if you want to go to your church and have some dysfunctional person telling you, me and my husband have been together 15 years, look at them two people. And do they really look happy? If they do, cool. But does that mean they are you or can relate to your world? More than likely not. If you have an interracial, interfaith marriage, if you don't live a conventional lifestyle, chances are you will not find someone that can really help you. I'm going to tell you, if your life is already in a mess, be very careful about who you let come in and advise you. Note taken. Now, uh, uh, one other thing, uh, Dr. Monica Waltz-Dalwin will be join us, joining us in a few minutes. I told you guys the program is going to run over. She's uh, waiting to uh, come on the program, but I want to finish this because I know this is helping somebody. Next thing, I want you, while you're going through this, to realize that if your love asks, is there someone else? Whether the answer truthfully is yes or no, Here's what your answer should be. It's not about another person. It's about us, and we are not working. Why would you tell someone that? Well, if it's not somebody else, that keeps that person, which most people always need somebody to blame for stuff that they created, right? And if it is another person, don't add more mess to your problem. So the truth is it's not about another person, which it really isn't. It is about you and them, and the two of you aren't working. Now, here's the other thing. Remind yourself of this. When you accept your own truth, that is when you will be set free, all right? Now, the next thing that I want to point out to you, is that as long as you continue going down this road, you will crash and burn. And if you have children involved in this fiasco, you're calling a relationship. I want you to know that you are teaching your children mediocrity and you are teaching your children dysfunction. If you want to have unhappy children, 
and you want your grandkids coming over to your house all jacked up in the head, don't be surprised because what you taught them was mediocrity. When you teach a child mediocrity, don't get mad when that's what they reflect back on you is the mediocrity that you taught them. Kids repeat history, and they learn from the, uh, your mistakes because they do not pay attention to what you said. Children pay attention to what you do. With that stated, I'm going to bring someone onto the program. Her name is Dr. Monica Watts-Baldwin. She is an expert on relationships. She's also been doing a great deal of uh, research and a great deal of work um, in the area of understanding not just about, you know, what makes you get your freak on good, but really what is it that's causing disintegration in our relationships? And what is it that we are doing, male and female, that's creating such a problem? With that, Dr. Monica, you're on live. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Young, for inviting me um, to tonight's show. Um, it's an honor, especially on this specific topic, because it's so interpersonal to me. Um, it's interpersonal to me because I was along my same journey. I was going through the same thing that some of the callers may be going through right now. And I had to pull out my own tools. Specializing in performance and psychology, I help people reach their peak performance. What I had to do is I had to get ready, get prepared, and do some true soul searching on what was my next step. And I reached out um, a year before I even knew where I was going to break up. I, I reached out to you. You became my counselor, and I, I thank God that um, we've met. I thank God that I, I read your book, and it was an awesome tool. So I started preparing myself. Um, I like that the first thing you stressed was don't move too quickly. I didn't move too quickly. It was a year out. I, I paid attention. Um, I didn't move too quickly in my personal experience, and I did some soul searching to the fact that I had to, like, a lot of people, they talk about the infidelity, you know, and it's on both parts now. The media, they talk so much about, you know, we think it's more about the man part, but it's on the female part also with the infidelity. It's pretty much pretty much equal now, if not more. The thing about women is that by the time it happens, you're already out the relationship divorced. You know, you're legally divorced and blonde. You never knew that the infidelity even exists, which brings us back to your last statement about it doesn't have to be about the other person because in reality it's really about you, your decision, your happiness. Um, mm-hmm. Let so, me ask a quick question, Dr. Monica, mm-hmm. and I want to um, – I've got some points I really would like for you to bounce back on because I think, uh, one, there are millions of people that listen to this program. The second thing is that most of, I'm going to say probably 65 to 70% of the listeners are women. So I want to address uh, some specific points that I know a lot of ladies are going through. And, again, ladies, if you are listening via the Internet and you're on Blog Talk Radio, you can go into the chat room and make your comments and even ask a question there because what I want to do is keep this this program moving. If possible, just press 1. I will try to get to your calls. Not going to promise that, but try to because the lines are already lit up. There's several calls holding, but we will try to get to your call. All right, the first thing, Dr. Monica, when conflict becomes a permanent part of your relationship, and, and let me specify this. 
there's nothing wrong with couples arguing. Couples do that all the time. And conflict, when it's handled in a way that is respectful, can actually be good for a relationship. But if you feel you and your problem, uh, you and your partner argue all the, all the time. I had a client of mine, and if she's listening, girlfriend, thank you. She gave me a term, argument marathon, where you the, there's always this, you know, well, we need to talk. And there's this one person that is almost like a filibuster in Congress saying everything is wrong, everything is wrong, always talking about what this other person did and accusing you of, accusing you of this and accusing you of that. Dr. Monica, what are signs that when that has become too much and how should a woman handle some crazy mess like that? Well, first of all, I mean, it has to get to a point where we get tired of eating, like getting tired of eating our own vomit like Peter said and you know, in the book, in the biblical book, uh, where a dog eats his own vomit as a fool. And so, you know, not here, you know, exactly in those terms, but basically you have to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know, you get to the point where you keep in your own vomit, you, you know, you're poisoning yourself. So you have to, that's when it's time, when you start poisoning yourself, when you can't be obedient to yourself. When I say obedient, I mean when you're going to the point where, you start losing your own values and your own ethics where you sense that you're attracted to someone else. Because what happens, Dr. Young, is before the conflict even starts, really it happens, it starts before even marriage. You knew that that wasn't a person for you to begin with, most women. We don't address that, but most women we do. You pretty much know beforehand that you're pressuring. We have the same patterns pretty much. All relationships pretty much resemble the same patterns. Every um, situation is different, but a pattern is usually the same. You know, the pattern is that you push the person to commitment, you get what you want, you lose interest in something. You lose interest in either the sex or the emotional connection, and then that drives you to be attracted to someone else, and then you start having another relationship, either it's physical or emotionally, or it's overworking. You can, um, you can be obsessed with work, money. You know, other things are more important than that significant other. And then you start telling that person you want time apart, and then eventually you start blaming that person for the way you, your unhappiness, your spouse, you, you're making me unhappy. So it really starts way before it starts in the dating phase, you know, when you're pushing someone into commitment. You know, mm-hmm. that, that itself is a, a huge error. Now, when, when we start saying this conflict as being a permanent part of the relationship, there are signs that I tell people to look for. The first feeling is that the, the relationship starts being um, really centered and focused on everything that is wrong rather than on mm-hmm. what's wrong. Um, there's a thing when people say, you know, we want to, I need to talk to you, and then the conversation ensues. Is this a way that uh, I know even the healthiest relationships face conflict and struggle from time to time, and of course, you should uh, try to resolve whatever difficulties together. But when, but when it seems that all you do is talk about your relationship problems and difficulties as opposed to going to a movie and laughing and doing things that are good and focusing on things that make you smile, what are some signs that women should look for when you find that you and your spouse are constantly looking at everything that's wrong in a relationship. 
Well, with my personal journey, it was mostly where the signs were, of course, you know, this communication, the lack of sex, all those, those, when you're unhappy, it folds in other parts of your life. You know, I deal a lot with performance psychology, so we deal with athletes, with um, anything that's dealing with reaching your peak. And that falls in their careers. If you're having a hard time at home, of course, you're going to have a hard time in your careers also. So when it starts affecting, it's, it's like a poison, like I said with the dog. It starts poisoning you. And some of the signs is basically when you know that they're not willing to work it out no more. You know, I look at it, you know, like a relationship. You can look at it like a basketball game. You're going to have where the coach will coach you through where you could win a game by the rebound. So every time it gets the rim or something goes wrong, you can rebound it, and sometimes you may foul, you know, but you keep trying and trying because you can win a game by the rebounds. So there's nothing wrong with forgiveness and respect and giving people second chances. But it's, when you know when it's done, when that person doesn't want to play the game anymore, you feel it when you're just so tired you don't have any energy to play ball anymore. It's taking a toll on you physically and mentally, and most of all with me spiritually. Give an example. With spiritually. Spiritually, an example is when you're not still, when you're not, when you can't hear with me, I took a journey, like my um, metaphysical journey, beyond the physical, like yoga, tantra, when you, when you can't meditate anymore, when you're, and you want, and you're breaking, you're changing who you are, your ethics. When that person completely, you look in the mirror and you don't even recognize yourself because you have so much anger or hating you that's caused from this negative relationship. You know, as we go back and look through the the things that typically sink a relationship is that one party is either not wanting to touch, be romantic, and be intimate with the other person. What I say to people is if your relationship started out with a great sex life and now you don't have one, duh, that's a red flag. But a greater red flag is there's a difference between sex and intimacy. When there is no touching, when you and your significant other choose not to be in any form of physical contact with one another, that is a problem. What's your opinion of that, Dr. Monica? When you're sleeping in separate rooms, that is a problem. Um, However, we know, like, even the biochemistry, men and women, we're, we're quite different. We even made up different. We know hormonally we're different. So the older men get in their older age, you know, the hormones are changing and they can get um, where their lack of sex drive is probably not the same as his wife. So those are things to be expected. But when you don't want to have sex because that person just discusses you on when you're not, don't, when you aren't friends anymore, when there's not an emotional connection there, Wow. And that's definitely a huge problem when there's not an emotional connection there. And then we have, you made a comment about, yeah, in the beginning, you know, the sex was there and it was a great drive. But in the beginning, did y'all have bills? Did you have kids? Was she the soccer mom then? Was you the working dad? Was you setting goals that were materialistic and it lost focus on the y'all divine purpose together? Did you lose focus on the marriage itself? by having to work more. I'm you know, at that while you're saying that. That makes a lot of sense, but ladies, don't let the smooth taste fool you with men because here's the truth. 
Most men really don't ever lose their sex drive. As a matter of fact, the older men get, they may not uh, do acrobatics in the bed, but they are steady looking at women. They have yeah. affairs at work. And the the man may be old, but he's not dead, and he may be Christ-like. He may be Christ-like, but he ain't Christ. So at the end of the day, men uh, very seldom have a diminished sex drive. They may have a diminished no, sex no, drive no. for you. And if they do have a diminished sex drive for you, that is something you need to concern yourself with. Now, here's what I want to do. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in roughly about four minutes. I have a cut from my buddy, Mr. Tony Terry. All I need, you're listening to Conversations with Dr. Devon Young. If you haven't got a pen and paper, go get one. Uh, The next 45 minutes is going to be something that you really want to take notes on. So call your friends, text them. If you don't want to go on air, go into the chat room, and we will be monitoring that to take your questions, okay? You're listening to Conversations with Dr. Devon Young. My guest is Dr. Monica Watts-Baldwin, and we will I'll be honest, I can't lie. You're all I need in my life. My heart inside never felt so right. If this is wrong, I don't want to be right. I think of you all the time. Girl, you're always on my mind. Not a moment of the day goes by when I don't wish you were by my side. You came along and he's my pain. Girl, you know you
everybody, Mr. Tony Terry. Tonight we're talking about a subject that is oh, oh, so serious. Wanted to lighten it up a little bit, but we're going to jump right back into this with Dr. Monica Wadsball and some things that I want you guys to pay attention to. When your relationship starts going south, here's some things to pay attention to. One is when you see that your mate decides to start taking their using precious vacation time, not to mention money, to travel with her girlfriends to Las Vegas, or he wants to go backpacking with his best friend Tommy in Peru, that might be something you may want to be concerned about. Another thing is when you start using the bathroom in each other's presence, and I'm saying number one or number two, unless you are just country as hell, that is never a good sign. As a matter of fact, it is typically an indication that this person really does not matter. And here's a couple of other things. Ladies and gentlemen, when you start talking to your friends about your significant other and you're complaining, but you leave out half the truth because if you put in the other half, you know somebody would say, have you lost your damn mind? That is a sign that you're having problems. Dr. Monica, give us a few signs from your side of the table. Um, basically, you, those are some of the signs. And like you said, it's like a respect issue. When it gets to the point where they just don't respect you when they're inconsistent, when, you know, that's not the person you married anymore because, you know, they changed for the worse. Mm-hmm. You know, the relationship is just so corrupt. They change for the worse. Um, when they're not consistent, they're not holding their words, you know, when it's just a bunch of lies and deceit, you know, lies and deceit. Been- and once you start forgiving them and taking them back and back and taking them back and taking them back and they're doing the same thing, it's, you're you're the fool. You're st- at that point. You're eating your own vomit. You're poisoning yourself. When we see when people, you lose that respect, let me ask you this: What um, are the signs, in your opinion, that women tend to ignore? Or better yet, let's start with men, because I've had some brothers say, "Doctor, do yours not the women. You don't never look out for the brothers." What are signs that men can look for? Because I know in one of the, uh, some of the statistics I've even seen you post, um, one of the things that was stated is that women are filing for divorces far more than men now, up to the tune of almost 70 to 80%. Tell us about that, Dr. Monica. Yes, um, they're filing for divorces more quickly because um, – like the sign is when she's not no longer emotionally attached to you because we are by nature we're we're nourishing I mean just by nature people and as you know as women and once we lose that that that's that's like one of the number one signs and your wife is no longer wanting to nourish you or be supportive towards you like I said don't want to have sex with you that's a major sign. Wow, uh, let me give this. It is not that time of the month where that's a major sign. Okay. Here's something uh, my producer shot me a line saying, if you want to give us a call, give us a call at 646-478-5610. That's 646-478-5610 and press the number one. Uh, And if you would like to ask one of us a question live on air, and I want you to understand you will go hot the minute that we press the button. Uh, I have one uh, caller. I think it's from uh, area code 321, number ending in 9845. Caller, you are live on there. This is Conversations with Dr. Devon Young. Who am I speaking with? Uh, this is Dr. Solomon. Dr. Solomon, how are you this evening? What's your question or your comment? 
First of all, um, I, I've been listening to you and listening to Dr. Monica. One other thing, you ask a question, <clears throat> what are some of the signs? And sometimes a woman is so afraid to even admit the sign. When your spouse becomes not coming home late at night, when you, as you mentioned, when they home, but there is no affection towards each other, there was, there's, when there is no sexual intercourse, when you're in the other room sleeping and they're in another room sleeping, these are some of the signs that married women need to look for. And it's vice versa, as um, Dr. Monica said, um, it's not just the, the men. There was a time it was a big issue with just men cheating, but now you find women are cheating a lot also. But most of all, most of all, I believe that in a relationship, you have to have God first. God, person, and family. If God is not in there, because I believe every marriage is not orchestrated by God. As Dr. Monica says, some relationship is by flesh and by your ego, and you pursue that person, and you money sometimes. Oh, you got a nice car, you got good. That's not the reason to be in a relationship. So my view in that, these are some of the signs that we need to look for. And when we, and, and, and I want to say, sometimes these signs occur because there is no communication between the both person. Something is lacking. Something is missing. But I believe that there's a God that sits high and looks low. And I believe sometimes some marriage can put back together. Some marriage can remanage, reblend, and if you come together, pray and seek God and ask God, God, it is your will for this marriage to be together. I, I just believe, but there are many signs, and sometimes a woman is just afraid. So why is he going to leave me? Why? he? No, but we have to see these signs and come conscious and say, you know what, something is not right. All right, Dr. Thomas. Thank you. Uh, one thing that I can uh, definitely say is that, let me say this the right way because I don't want to get a million letters from people. The first thing is that God gave you free will. I've seen so many women, and, and I wrote a whole chapter in a book about spiritual blackmail where uh, men will say, well, you know, you're supposed to just uh, follow me and do as I say. You're not supposed to follow somebody to hell. No, you're not. The other thing mm-hmm. is that there are just as many reasons or more reasons actually in the Bible uh, that give you grounds to get the hell away from a dysfunctional relationship than they give you grounds to stay mm-hmm. in one. Uh, that's also true in the Quran, the Ching, that, and in the Tao and the Torah. So I don't want people, and, and, I, and believe me, I love the Lord, I'm a prayerful man, but sometimes we like to make everything religious when, in fact, God has nothing to do with someone slapping you upside your head. God has nothing to do with someone cheating on you, and God has nothing to do with someone uh, – and there's another form of abuse. I call it the the silent, quiet abuse. And that's the abuse that Half someone uses on you by withdrawal. It's called negative punishment. So mm-hmm. another thing I want to point out, Monica, and you give me your opinion on this. I believe that there are times when women will try to spice up a relationship. And they figure, you know what, um, you know, maybe let's bring a third party into our bedroom. In my opinion, that is one of the dumbest things in the world to do. Or another one is a drastic change in appearance where a woman goes and chops off her hair or 
uh, uh, starts doing something that she knows is not her in order to please this man. And the same thing with men. When you run out and start trying to buy jewelry and let's take a vacation, when all of these things are really putting a Band-Aid over something that needs surgery, what's your opinion about that? Yeah, they bring you back what, what I was saying. When you look in the mirror and you recognize that's not you anymore, where you like try to totally change yourself, you don't recognize yourself, that crack mirror that you had posted up on the blog, you're that crack mirror, you don't recognize yourself. You went out and you lost 200 pounds for this person, you're trying to confirm, you know, you're being someone else. So if he wants that someone else or she wants that someone else, they need to go find that someone else because that might not be their sport. They need to go out to, you know, at that point, you can't please them no matter what you do. You might not be able to please that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, You're putting their... Well, well, let me ask this question. I wrote something the other day where I made the comment that we make the mistake all too often, of losing sight of ourselves to become something we're not for someone else. What are signs that a man or a woman, and give an example for both genders, that you are really going way overboard to end up only drowning? With, with what you mean for like some of the signs that they display for us beyond just trying to configure to that person, like compensate for that person? Yeah, there you go. Where someone is yeah, they're really... compensating for them. Mm-hmm. Um, with yeah. women, it's usually always the the appearance, the attractiveness. For some, there's a thing where they're so competitive. It's like the attractiveness. So they will go to it'll start physically or trying to, like you said, drastic measures where they do stupidity or bringing someone else in the bedroom. I mean, that can, you know, people have, can go to that, to that extreme. They're completely mm-hmm. losing themselves because they're not balanced anymore. They're not centered anymore. You know, something that I was thinking about is when people put family members and friends in the midst of their relationship, they, these are two signs that, one, this is stuff that doesn't have anything to do with your mate. It has a lot to do with you as the individual. And that is mm-hmm. when you start asking the opinion of your relatives to um, about your own relationship. And, and, again, let me underline that. If you are being hit on, mistreated, abused, stolen from, pimped like a $3 hoe, well, hey, you may need to get some advice. And if someone tells you, girl, you know, that's the third time he's gone off in your car and didn't come back for two or three days, yeah. I think someone needs to be in your ear with a bit of common sense. However, when you are calling up your mother or your father and you're the man or the woman and involving your family and your relationship or your marriage, not only are you sinking your own ship, but you're giving this other person reasons to go ahead and leave you. Would you agree with that, Dr. Monica? I agree. I really do. I mean, I mean, everyone needs someone to reach out to. But at the same time, I don't – how can let me back up? When people, they start changing first to compensate, for, you know, to that person, their appearances, going out buying the flashy jewelry, the guys, those are clues of what? Those are clues of self-esteem issues. People that put up with people's crap and be someone's doormat already have self-esteem issues. See, that's where we go wrong. It's not about the other person. It's all about you. It's about you. 
Like, you're mm-hmm. really, you. we want to blame the person where he's not loving me and that's why I cheated, or that person is not loving me. Well, what's, what do you call love? You're looking to get validated by someone else. See, that, that's part of the problem, too. So you have to be willing to give your total action. You know, you give yourself totally to something, at that point you can free it and you don't have to look back at it because you won't see anything because you gave yourself totally. So if you're doing everything the right way, you doing it with your true identity doing it the right way, then you can let it go and truly be free of it and look back and there's nothing there because you gave your total action of who you are. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah it makes a lot of sense. I just got an email, and the email says, what do you do when she keeps calling you by uh, another man's name in and out of the bedroom? Uh, my answer to that is red flag time. People associate circumstances and situations with people. So if someone is screwing you and calls you someone else's name, they're probably screwing you for real, and I mean screwing you around in a lot of bad ways because they are associated with what they're doing with you. Uh, The old terminology in psychology is that's a fraudal slip because it is associated with circumstances. And another example is in the heat of an argument, heat of a passion, they call you someone else's name. What is your take on that from a clinical and a woman's point of view? Um, the same thing from a um, woman's um, point of view. Well, well, from a clinical point of view, at that point in time, you're being disrespected. You're tolerating disrespect. They're, they called you. They had a portal flip. They don't care enough about you to control themselves. It's something about that situation, especially if you're in an intimate setting. They're definitely, hello, they're intimate with someone else or that's who they're visual, doing a visualization at the time wanting to be with that person. So that's totally disrespect right there. They're disrespecting you, and you're allowing someone to disrespect you. Why are you allowing that person to disrespect you and handle you any kind of way? What self-esteem issues are that you got going on that you're tolerating someone's crap at that level? Okay. Mm-hmm. And from a and then from a woman's um, point of view is when you're heated up in an argument and it comes out, well, that's why I did that with so-and-so because you don't do this for me. You don't do that, but she does this. The truth come out when you're angry, so to speak, that other portal mm-hmm. clip, like a drunken man wow. tells the truth. Yeah, yeah, I think that I definitely agree that when inebriated, that liquid courage uh, helps someone with something. Got another email from another individual. Uh, this question is, my mate cheated on me, and they will not give me full disclosure on what happened. My view of that um, is what difference does it make? And I'm not saying that my view is correct. I'm just saying here's the reality. If this person that cheated on you with someone else is really sincere about your uh, emotional state, your well-being, your feelings, they will sooner or later and in their time help you to understand they care because the first thing you're probably going to get won't be the other person's name they cheated with or whatever because they fear you may call up to the job and act a fool and get them fired or, or start some drama and what have you, and that's probably a realized fear. But moreover is that if they've ended the relationship with that other person, they don't want to go and do anything that add fuel back to that fire. My other thought is, if you know, what are you going to do? Is that going to uh, make this person's underwear and, and pants or dress come back up? No. 
So by but what you will spot is when they can really look you in the face and articulate, I understand how you made me feel, and then actually tell you how they made you feel. Now, that that's just my opinion. What's your opinion on that, Dr. Monica? I totally agree. If they're sensitive and compassionate to your feelings, um, where they, are, they can comfort you and they admit they're wrong, they're taking responsibility of their actions, why do you need the devil in the details? You know, because you're just doing it to torment yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, is you either going to move forward, you going to either stay in the game, or you're going to pick another sport, either or. So it's like, why do you care? It's like, you're just going to use it against them. And then with that, it's just going to be just eat at you, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's just I've, irrelevant. I've found that infidelity 95% of the time has much less to do with the other person. Now, granted, there are people that just don't respect boundaries, yours nor anyone else's. So they have no issue sleeping with your husband, your wife, or they have no issue cheating on you. What I will tell you is what's done in the dark always comes to the light. What I will tell you is people reap what they sow. With that stated, as we mature, and some of us never do, we really should become alert and aware enough in the moment to realize that whatever we do has long-term consequences. Sometimes it can result in pregnancy. Sometimes it can result in someone getting shot, stabbed, arrested. It can result in destroying someone's ability to have faith in or trust anyone else after you. What do you suggest, Dr. Monica, that men and women do when they are in a moment where they feel that, you know what, I'm going to get back at this person by sleeping with someone else, what, what are the ways and the places that that can go horribly wrong and backfire? Wow. That, can, that is very, like, like, the recipe for destruction. That's when you're starting this, the, the cycle starts, the craziness cycle Um it starts, that revenge and holding grudges. You mm-hmm. definitely have to be still and you need to think, was it worth Is I'm going to let that situation, do I love this person enough to forgive them? And if you're going to forgive, you're going to have to truly forgive. Because if not, you're hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to spend the next 12 years with someone that you really don't love, that you're forcing yourself to do it because you can't forgive them. Like, that's in the back of your head the whole entire time. It'll be torment. Well, I want to say some things because I I want to give – I told people to get their pen and paper out. Here's uh, some signs that your relationship probably is headed towards the cemetery. The first one is you fight more than you do something else that begins with an F that I can't say. But when you find yourselves always in the midst of a fight, always in the midst of an argument – and especially over stupid stuff that you probably fought over before. That's the first sign that your relationship is really tanking. The second one is when you don't bother telling your significant other how you feel about something anymore because you know that they don't give a damn. They won't be sympathetic. Or uh, your significant other doesn't even tell you how they feel about you. They don't say, I love you. They don't say, I care or they don't even communicate about the most basic of things like 
how their day was. Uh, they make plans and don't tell you about it. So Friday, you're like, well, you look nice, and they're headed out the door. Well, when people fail to communicate with you, that's a sign. The third thing is they never mention a future that has you included in it. So when they start talking about, especially for you folks that have been together for a long time, when they uh, get invited to a wedding and don't invite you to go, or they start making vacation plans and you're not there, or if a holiday is uh, just a few months or weeks away and they don't have any intention on spending it with you, inviting you over, and then Here's the next one. Uh, they stop speaking to you affectionately. So with that said, Dr. Monica, how can everybody get in contact with you? This is drmonicawatts.com, drmonicawatts.com, D-R-M-O-N-I-C-A-W-A-T-T-S.com, drmonicawatts.com. Okay, here's what's happening, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to have to do a part two and what I want you to do is be tuned in this Wednesday at noon, that's Central Standard Time, 10 and a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, and we're going to have a part two to this program. Now, with that said, make sure you go to the D. Yvonne Young page on Facebook and hit that like button, register at drdyvonneyoung.com, and you'll get notifications for special events we're doing. But more than anything else, do not allow someone to mistreat you, to take you for granted, because people treat you the way you allow them to treat you. And if you're getting played and treated like crap, it's more than likely because you have allowed it. Anyway, with that said, this is Dr. D. Yvonne Young. I love you madly, and I will talk to you on Wednesday at lunchtime, love. Have an awesome week, folks.